Hey, if you enjoy this show or have learned anything from it, would you take a minute and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? I know most of you listen on Apple, so right now, go to the show, scroll to the bottom of the page, and give us a star rating. Or better yet, leave us a review and we'll feature it right here on the show. It helps us to know you're listening and we'd really appreciate it. All right, on to the episode. Hey there, welcome to the Work From Home Voice Actor Podcast. In the next three episodes, I'll be joined by the amazing and talented voice actor and business coach, Andrea Collins. We're covering home studio setups, everything you need to know about auditioning, and how to improve upon your delivery. Let's dive in. We're just going to kick off and start with talking about uh, our home studio setups. And really what we're trying to get to in this episode is keeping it as simple as possible. So we're going to start with what you need and what you don't need. Mm. So what do you need, Andrea? Okay. (laughs) I love that. Um, It's more simple than you think. I think you need, most importantly, a great sounding space. And that doesn't have to be anything fancy. It can be your closet. That's certainly how I started doing it. And I still wanted to use that closet. Um, So stuff was still in it. Um, So a closet that's big enough to bring in a little chair, I a lot of people do like a de- a desktop setup. I just use a, a MacBook Air, and I recommend a MacBook Air because I find it it doesn't have the fan noise um, that a lot of PCs or other um, computers can have, which can be an issue in recording. And um, so, big fan of that one. A decent mic doesn't have to be the best mic, and a pop filter for sure, which is like nine dollars on Amazon. It's like one of the cheapest pieces that you can buy for your setup, which is great because it's a no-brainer. And what it does for those who don't know, so we're both using – mine isn't great but because this is my episode setup. But uh, we're both using pop filters. And what it does is it helps with plosives, so those P sounds, some sibilance, but not really. Just those big kind of like sounds that we make with our mouths that nobody wants to listen to and it doesn't provide great audio. So that's what a pop filter does. And you can read – all about how your different tech and software works for you. But yeah, a good sounding space. A closet is perfect because you don't have to worry about sound treatment usually because you already have clothes. You already have pillows and blankets and other things that help with sound treatment. A decent mic. And we're talking like I started, this actually um, is a different version of the mic I started with, but I love Audio-Technica, specifically the AT2020. And you can use a USB, pop it in to your laptop, and just go. I mean, I know we talked about this on the last episode, Andrea, but don't you still use like a USB when you're traveling? Yes, 100%. And, just, yeah. and no one knows the difference. No one knows the and difference. And I would say one of the key elements for me when getting a microphone is, and I'm not sure if the Audio Technica has it, but I know the Rode mic does that I love, is is a built-in pop screen that just like beautifully fits over the microphone and it just comes with it like that. It's That's awesome. just like, it's just less clunky and it's just this built-in. I love love a road mic, you love audio yeah. technica, you know, like yeah. those are reasonably priced and you can yeah. usually get a kit, like a box. It kind of like comes starter with everything. Kits on yeah. Amazon, y'all go look on Amazon. There are so many options now that I don't feel like were available even five years ago. Like when I was Definitely. looking. Yeah. And there's even a small, I like the road NT USB for traveling and I yeah. even sometimes use it at home. Um, <laughs> I just, I just really like it. And, um, 
And oh my God, I did. So I have a TLM 103, which for anybody listening, it's like a fancy microphone. Yeah. And uh, probably about like 300 times more expensive than the USB mic. And I recorded an example of me on the USB and me on my TLM. And I sent it to a voiceover friend. She preferred the USB mic with a little bit of like processing on it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, I listen to myself like on my what I'm using right now. And I love it. I feel like I sound so crisp and clear. Like when I go and edit a little bit, like you just said, um, and I have a TLM 103 and I love it, but man, See, that's so funny. It's hard. But it's like we hard both got thing. it because we felt like we were supposed to get it. And to be fair, like I got it a little bit for fanfare for myself. Cause I was like, Oh shoot. Like I've have extra money in the business account like that I can just use. Yeah. And I was like, let me, I want to do it. This is, and I know we're just starting, but this is one thing that I think for those who are listening that's never heard this before, and I hope that you'll hear it many times throughout this series, is if it sounds too complicated, it's because it is. You need to stay simple. Complication means more expense. Complication means more time that you are keeping from just getting out there and doing it. And one thing that Andrew and I both did, which is why we sound like a little bit more confident than I think some other people is because we did that. We got out there and just started doing it with what we had. And then over time you can add or take away or whatever, but you don't have to start with a Neumann. You don't have to start with a custom studio or a whisper room. Like nobody can afford that. No. And I get that frustrating place of like, I, I, I started doing it and it started working. But if I wasn't seeing the results, I would wonder, is it because I don't have this? Is it because I don't have this? So I understand that that constant questioning of, is it because my mic isn't good enough? Is it because of X, Y, Z? So I would say just just know that as long as your space sounds good and your mic sounds good, and if you're not sure if it does, listen to your audio and then go listen to somebody great on a platform, listen to their audio. And if they're fairly similar, then you know, okay, it's not that, it's something else. Maybe it's my delivery. Right. And we'll get into that as well, specifically in one of these episodes. But that is a great point. Be sure your basic foundation is set up first and set up well enough before you start going and asking a million questions and then getting on the rabbit hole that is Google. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, that just keeps you. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Or the Facebook groups, the which are or just the Facebook caustic. Groups. Like, just, yeah. just don't listen to anything anyone says, honestly. Exactly. And you've got to check yourself. So we're saying it, but it, it's because it's played out in both of our careers. And so uh-huh. check yourself. Uh, check your setup. I mean, I'm not online anymore because I just I just cannot. I don't have the bandwidth. And, and it's been great for me. I think partly because I am in my own little world, which has its pros and cons. But part of it is like, I'm just focused on what I'm doing. And if I have questions or I want inspiration, I'll go to another voice actor's website or their profile on voices and say, okay, what am I missing here? Like, how do I get to make myself sound like this a little more? Not mimicking, we've talked about this, like not mimicking them, but imitating a sound that I'm practicing for myself that I don't quite think that I have Mm -hmm. yet which has very little to do with my setup. I know my setup is good. Mm -hmm. So at that point, it's about me and my perception and what I'm reading and how I'm able to deliver that. What do you mean you're not online anymore? So I'm not on social media. Oh, got it. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't specific. Yeah. So I'm on on voice platform. No. So I'm I'm on a (laughs) market. I'm on voices, the marketplace, but no, not on social media. 
So that's it. And for those of you who haven't listened, I my the very first episode of the show actually is about the five essential tools that you need. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Um, and I provide a checklist as well. So don't spend too much time on it. If you're really serious about it, order what you need and move on. But like we talked about, I actually started in an RV. I was so <laughs> not aware of anything VO. I was getting into podcasts. Probably myself. sounded great. Cars it's, sound great. It sounded fine. I mean, fine enough, you know, and I yeah. wasn't serious. I was just doing amateur gigs. I was learning how to record an MP3 and upload an MP3. I mean, right. I was excited when I knew how to, like, learn how to do that. Um, and then I have worked out of more closets than I can count and still do when I travel. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until early last year that um, Jeremy built me a studio, but cool. he has those skills. And so we were like, well, one, I was looking at whisper rooms and I was like, mm-hmm. no. And he was like, I can build one better. Cool. An eighth of the cost. It's dumb. And that was during COVID when the prices were ridiculous. Here, right. Um, well, across the world. So anyway, yeah. Cool. It's, and you don't need a studio. You still work in a storage closet. Tell them about where yeah. you are. And it's I mean, it's beautiful. a nicer one. Yeah. So I <laughs> recently moved. But like uh, up until last year, I was I was in a smaller closet in my house just because like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, um, you know, if my like agents in New York and L.A. knew that, they'd probably like be like, <laughs> what? But like, who cares? So, and, OK, that's a good point, actually. So your agents like don't even know. No, it's no not like you have a conversation like this is exactly what no. I do and where I am. No one has ever. It's so rare that people ask me that. So rare. Um, as, but, you know, I had some like panels in there. Actually, how I what I had in that situation was um, I still had some clothes in there because like space is limited. But I did have like a bit of a desk. It was comfortable. I had a nice, comfortable chair, a little desk. But it was a tight squeeze. Mm-hmm. And I did have a couple sound panels, but they were ones that I'd gotten from um, a s- audio store here that just sort of have a sticky side on the other side, like like a sticker. And yeah. you stick them to the wall. And then when you move and you take it off, they take all the paint off the wall. <laughs> but <laughs> you don't have to worry about that at the beginning. Um, so it sounded really good in there. I had a little carpet, whatever. Um, so we've since moved into a different house where in the basement there's like a 9 by, I don't know, 12, 10 storage closet. Mm-hmm. So we quickly got all of the storage shelving out of it and whatever and converted yeah. it. And I, I uh, invested in some nice panels. Um, they were probably about $1,500, $2,000. Yeah. Um, and a really thick rug. I have some pillows around. And the sound's still not like perfect, but it's it's pretty dead in here. People yeah, it's walk really in. nice. And um, – and so, again, I'm in a storage closet. Steve can't run water or flush the toilet when I'm doing a live session yeah. <laughs> because there's a pipe in here. I think I talked of about course. this on the previous episode where you hear the water rushing. So nothing's perfect. But No. And that's the same. I have a studio that's literally separate. Like it's a little room inside my office. And I still have to be hyper aware of what's going on. I still let Jeremy know, turn off the AC. Like life still happens. It's not like all of a sudden you're, you've made it and you're just no worries, no anything. I mean, this is still work. Yeah. And we're still and doing working from home, right? We're at home. So there's bound to be noises that we can't control. And luckily since COVID, most clients totally get that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and they don't really care. We care way more. And I think that's a good thing. But for those listening, like you are probably going to care more than they do about most of like whether it's your mic, whether it's your setup. But I agree with Andrea. If we get one thing from this episode, your space has to sound good. And yeah, that being said, you can't have like a weird hum of a refrigerator beside you or a loud fan noise. Like you do have to solve those little things because the clients might not hear that in your live session. But then when you send them the audio and they're like, what is that? What is that? And that is your responsibility. They are hiring you for you to be the one to be essentially the gatekeeper. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of you are probably thinking, well, can't I just edit that out? We want it to be as, so soundproof isn't real, but sound treatment is what we do. And so we want it to be as sound treated as possible, meaning we have made sure the air conditioner is off. We've made sure that that refrigerator is unplugged or wherever. And we've made sure that, you know, whatever else is happening is not a factor. That is Mm -hmm. on you. So yes, that's a great point. Make sure that you have, figured that out first. It's Mm -hmm. not their problem. And if they've hired you and that does happen, that could lead to some issues. And -hmm. we don't want any of you to have to go through that. Um, But yeah, so the big takeaway here is you don't need to go over the top. Um, And I know that you had a point here that I want you to kind of explain a little more like you could. And what would that, like, what difference would that make? Yeah, exactly. You could, but what difference would it make? Lots of times it's sort of like, For instance, I got that TLM 103, and it didn't really make a difference um, in my booking. Um, Same for going into this fancier storage closet. It's – yeah, sure. I mean, like my business has thankfully been on a growth cycle since I started, but that trajectory – probably would have continued out of my other smaller closet. Like I, how yeah. much, it's not going to be like an overnight change unless your audio is going from really bad to, to just like significantly better. Right, right. And if that is the case, you've probably missed out on quite a few opportunities. So mm-hmm. your audio doesn't need to be perfect, but you can start out with decent to really good. And that's, mm-hmm. it's not hard either. <laughs> so we do have a few questions. We had people reach out. And so uh, I'm going to start with Arias. She says, I started in podcasting with a basic um, Zoom road mic pod setup. But as I'm becoming more focused on voice acting, I'm starting to wonder which essential tools I'm missing. So we went over that quite a bit. And again, I would encourage you to um, go listen to the, the essential tools episode. Um, but she did ask any advice for the technologically challenged out there. Okay, I'm going to say this in the nicest way because I love you, Aria. YouTube. We've got mm. Google. We've got YouTube. Um, there are endless resources and I know that it feels overwhelming, but when you have a specific question like your tech or how to use a certain piece of tech or what is the best, you know, mic for voice acting, you don't have to take what they say as the truth, but research what they're saying. So you understand whether or not that is the case or not for yourself. And a lot of places, um, will let you rent tech that you can borrow and try out. Did you do that when you were trying to decide on your mics? Yeah, I did a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there are options. So it's very easy to have a ton of questions that you feel like are all really important when they're not and you just get paralyzed by fear. So don't let your tech and software be one of them. Do your research. I use Adobe Audition. What do you use as your DAW? Adobe Audition. Yeah, I freaking love it. 
Um, but I started out with Audacity because it was free and because it did well enough. So do what you can and then try to do the next best thing as quickly as you can. Mm -hmm. I also love to say like work with what you have until you have more to work with. Like, but you don't know until you try. So you gotta, you gotta do something. Yeah. And then, okay. So Emily asks, if you record in a booth, how do you mitigate the sound of air conditioning? Do you turn it off or have a quiet system running into the booth? No, nothing ever is running in your booth is running in your closet. And like we've discussed, if you if you're aware of it, so your air conditioner is going or on or could be, turn it off, turn it off. I used to live in a place Crack where the door, put on the tank top. Exactly. I lived in a place before we moved to our first house, teeny, teeny, teeny closet that I put some clothes in specifically for my studio, but the air conditioner for the whole house was on the outside of that closet. And so, <laughs> and my landlord lived in the main house. And so I'd have to text him every time I had a live session. And oh I was my like, God. and this is even during the summer in Texas. And I was like, you can't do it right now. And, and we had a whole conversation about it, y'all. But after a little, little tiffs, he uh, started doing what I asked. So nice. you just try to make it work when you can. Um, but yeah, hopefully after this episode, you know, don't have the AC going, don't have a fan, nothing. Okay. So Chris's question is, how can I set up a home studio with very little room and a budget? I'd love to do a demo, but I don't have the space. So there are two things going on with this question. The first one is, how can I set up a home studio with very little room and with a budget? And I think we've talked about covered that. that. Yeah. yeah. We, you know, it doesn't matter really what size of a space you have, but again, like just make sure the space is treated. And then as far as a budget goes, you really only need a mic and then whatever you need to sound treat, which you probably already have at home, pillows, extra clothes, blankets, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and your computer, which I assume that you already have. Mm-hmm. And then you can start using Audacity, which is free. And I've never I've never done the like PVC pipe thing with the moving blankets. I haven't but, either. Like, I would imagine that works great. Tracy Lindley, who's another voice actor, uses that when she travels. And she's always said that that works really well for her. So. There are tons of options, DIY specifically. Um, So get creative. I mean, that's part of being an entrepreneur, even if you're just doing a a side hustle for VO, like you have to be creative. Um, So so yeah, don't limit yourself just because of what you think you need when you don't really. Mm -hmm. And then the last part of this question is, I'd love to do a demo, but I don't have the space. So you don't need any extra space to do your demo. You just need your mic and whatever setup you have and for those of you starting out who don't have any kind of budget, we talked about this in the last episode where I had Andrea on. You don't really even need like a professional demo. You can just record right. samples. Or what does he mean But I don't have the space? That's that's what I don't know. So okay. that's why I wanted to get very clear in our answer, at least from the information we're given is like, you don't need extra space for a demo. Hopefully that that was clear enough. And yeah, just use samples. But yeah, so keep it simple. Don't go over the top. And work with what you have because yeah. that's really all you can do. And that's then decide right. if you want to keep going. Yeah. Work on your space and work on your delivery and your and streamlining your workflow. Yeah. And we'll get into a little bit of that in the next episode of this <laughs> series. So thank you so much, Andrea. Thanks. For all links and resources mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes wherever you're listening to this podcast. Tune into the next episode of the series now.